Warning, this podcast contains exclusive, intrusive, and idiosyncratic details from two people's brains. One brilliant, one not so brilliant. Enter with caution as Fish and Chip present Why. Welcome to Why. Nine. Why nine? Why nine? Presented by Fish and Chip. Chip Daly right here. Dan Fish over there. As always. As always. We are getting down towards the end of our first season of Why. This is the, what do they call it, penultimum episode. It's a big word that I've never heard before. I think that's what it is. Like the episode before the finale. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> Maybe I made that up. I think that's a word. Why is that a word? <laughs> why is that a word? Uh, yes, this is the podcast where we ask various why questions and uh, find answers and then explain our Try research. to find the meaning of the universe. Yes, that too. I think today we kind of have a little similar topics. Well, like no, category. No, no. There's animals. No. <laughs> oh. Well, no, kinda, kinda, but not really. Well, it, more humans. Oh, well, mean. they're an animal. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is about Australia. I am just gonna say this right now before I get your hopes up. This is not <laughs> a great conclusion. But we've well, all heard the the stories, rumors, memes that Australia is deadly. Everything there wants to kill you is the meme. So I was curious, why? Why does Australia have all these deadly things? Or seemingly deadly things? Like snakes, spiders, giant crocodiles. All these animals that just can end a human in seconds. Or minutes. Or hours, I guess. It's venom. The land down under, as they call it. I think it's because it's part of the underworld. <laughs> Bad jokes. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, so why why is Australia home to all these animals? I'm gonna start with some numbers, starting with the snakes. If you are sensitive to snakes and or spiders, here's a warning. You're not gonna see them obviously because it's a podcast, but I'm gonna talk about them. I'm gonna dip out for a few minutes then. <laughs> all right, see you bye. All right, so these numbers I got from Wikipedia, but they're from three studies that I looked over, all done from 1979 to 2014. I don't want to name the study because they're long. But if you're one of those people that like, show me the evidence, you can tweet at us at Fish Chip Pod and I will send them to you. Alright, so as far as venom and the lethality of it, there are multiple ways that it's studied. And uh, I couldn't really determine which was the best based off all these various lists of snakes. Because depending on how you look at it, one snake might be more venomous than the other. So what I found was this subcutaneous injection, which is an injection that goes under the skin, but before the muscle. That's the layer of skin, the sub subcutaneous layer? Maybe? I'm not a doctor. Or uh, a skin doctor. I don't think anybody thought you were a doctor. Good, <laughs> but good. Dermatologist. Dermatologist. You're going for <laughs> yes. So it this, from what I read, the subcutaneous injection is the most likely way a snake or a spider would bite you because it would go through the skin. 
And it is monitored with a number called LD50, which stands for lethal dose, and the 50 stands for 50%. So in total, the LD50 means what lethal dose amount is required to kill 50% of the tested population. So that is how this list of snakes was determined based on basically how venomous or potent their venom was based on the LD50 number and based off the smaller amount of venom, which is measured as milligrams over kilograms of body mass. So basically the smaller amount is more lethal, if that makes sense, because it takes less to kill someone or a thing. So if I'm a big guy, it means I'm more prone to snake bites because the poison has to go farther to get through me or what? Like it would take a little longer. But still have the same effect? Yeah. Darn it. I believe so. I thought you were going to cure my fear for a little while. There. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so, yes, as I said, the number of venom milligrams to kilogram ratio is how this is studied. And as I said, I went off this subcutaneous bite style. There's other bite styles listed, like directly to the veins, which is very rare. Or like all the way down to the muscle, which usually won't happen. Anyway, I I am probably boring you with all this. <laughs> but here's the list of the 12 most venomous snakes. I'm not going to name them all. But the list of the 12 most venomous snakes by these standards. Nine of them are in Australia or on the waters off of Australia. Because this includes sea snakes. Water snakes. <laughs> Water snakes, yes. So nine of 12. In the world in australia again depending on which sort of method of venom are they solely in australia or oh really yes like the most venomous ones which includes say the rattlesnakes on there like that's not just in right it was specific like it was the western diamondback rattlesnake oh okay like this one the number one one is called the Inland Taipan. Taipan? I'm not sure. T-A-I-P-A-N. Which is a snake found just in the inland of Australia where most people don't live. But a single drop of its venom is enough to kill 100 humans. Oh. And it's just chilling in Australia. However, Freya Peterson of the World Public Radio reports zero people have ever been killed by one, even though they've been bitten. So that's reassuring you'll probably be in pain for a long time but as long as you get that anti-venom and go to a hospital you you'll probably survive <laughs> it's got enough potency to kill 100 people but nobody's ever died yeah i know i thought that was weird <laughs> let's act a little slower than others i'm not sure but yes nine of 12 for uh snakes then i had to check spiders because spiders man they're all over i had a hard time with this one because I don't like spiders. <laughs> like, I'm fine with them if I see them and they don't creep up on me out of nowhere. But looking at all these big spiders and fangs hiding holes, the creepy fuzziness. A hard time. Hard time studying this. Anyway, <laughs> the spider ratio of venomness to Australia. <laughs> Did I just create that? Probably. Is not. As condensed as snakes are, spiders are all over the world. So 
while there's rumors that Australia has all these venomous spiders, it's actually not as bad as people think. However, they do have what is believed to be the most venomous spider in the world, <laughs> which is the male Sydney funnel web spider. It is in the Guinness Book of World of Records for most venom. Ooh. So you can find that there, which it's called the Sin- Sydney funnel web spider because most are just found around Sydney, which is strange. And they also have one of the biggest spiders in the world called the barking spider, which can get to sizes of 8.7 inches. So there you go. Australia's got that going for it. <laughs> it's making me rethink about whether I want to really go there or not. All right. Well, I, I will change your mind. Guys, there are more animals than there's spiders and snakes there that you need to worry about. They have the blue ringed octopus, which can be as small as a golf ball up to eight inches and has enough venom in a single bite to kill 26 adults in just minutes. They also have the box jellyfish, which is a translucent jellyfish, very small, also eight inches. Eight inches, for some reason, is a common size of things in Australia, fam. It's common size of a lot of things there, Chip. That's true. Anyway, the box jellyfish it is considered the most venomous animal in the world. I don't have the numbers on it, but a lot of times, like you won't even see it in the water because it's translucent. And if you're swimming and it hits you, you got like minutes before you're like paralyzed. Pee on it. Pee on it. I think that's a myth. There are also various <laughs> cone snails, which are actually they're pretty looking snails that you probably find in this shell shop. But these are actually very venomous animals. Snails can kill you. Yep. Especially the that. Australian ones. So I really thought, didn't know that. Yeah. Well, here you go. You're learning something. If you ever go scuba diving and snorkeling off a reef or any warm water like Hawaii, some Pacific Ocean, South Florida, and you see a pretty snail or shell, don't pick it up because they can inject you with venom. <laughs> they also have stonefish, which is one of the most venomous fish, and lionfish, which are also venomous. Plus, they have starks, sharks, stingrays, and other starks. Starks. <laughs> Tony Stark. What do you want, Mr. Stark? <laughs> yeah, sharks, stingrays, and other ocean dwelling animals. Plus, they also have the large crocodiles in the world, the saltwater crocodile. <laughs> they have so many fun things. The l- <laughs> Quote, unquote, fun. Fun. The largest saltwater crocodile ever recorded was 20 feet, three inches long. And it was named, I think it was named Lulong. It died a few years ago. Sad. They get those swamp people to go down there. Swamp. This is all on the north side of Australia, like on the ocean. Shoot it, Lisbeth. <laughs> Shoot it. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, I mean, they just have, they have it all, including the weird Frankenstein creature that is a platypus, which is also venomous. They are? Yeah, they have venomous. No. Yes, they have barbs on, behind their paws, flippers, whatever they are, that inject venom. From making Cartwright of Slate.com, it's not lethal to humans, but it, it's excruciatingly painful, and the pain can last for months. So you, I think we need to put just like a big fence up around Australia, Australia and nobody's just, allowed to go in there. Well, <laughs> all right, so yes, Australia's home to all these dangerous things, but why? Why did that happen? We're diving into the old history now. The following information here is from a Luis Gentle. Of the conversation.com. Going back 180 million years ago, all the continents were together. This is after Pangea, 
This landmass was called Gondwana. That is what Stephanie Pappas of Live Science says, and you can find it. You can research Gondwana if you want. As this landmass slowly separated, Africa and South America kind of split together first. Then 40 million years later, India and Madagascar moved. And then lastly, Australia and Antarctica kind of broke apart 100 million years. So Australia and Antarctica were alone, kind of as islands. And they kind of branched apart 100 million years ago. And then as far as snakes, or this might be applied to many of the venomous creatures, but I found a few sources that specifically did the theory of the snakes. It is believed that there were ancestral snakes on this landmass of Gondwana. And as the continent split apart, so did various groups of the snake. However, you might be thinking, but you can find venomous snakes all over. So why does Australia have so many? Here's a reason. Australia has snakes in the family of elipids, which are snakes that inject prey with hollow fixed fangs, unlike some snakes that have retractable fangs or, mm-hmm. I don't know, harder fangs. <laughs> That's not the word. <laughs> Whatever. Teeth. Teeth. Yes. And, yeah, and teeth. And it is believed Australia's 140 land snakes and 30 sea snakes all came from one common ancestor. And since all these snakes were competing against each other, the ones with the most lethal venom were the ones capable of essentially eating more because they can bring down prey more efficiently. And this resulted in the ones with more venom to be able to survive longer and reproduce more. I have a, uh, I have a fun fact about another species of deadly animals on Australia. You want to throw it in right now? Yeah. Sure. You know, people are also very deadly and there's people there. <laughs> yes. That uh, if you look at a list of the most dangerous animals, humans are always at the top somewhere. Top two. Well, not even because of like weapons or nothing. Do you know that the human bite is one of like the three deadliest bites oh, on the world? Because our mouths are so terribly clean. full of not bacteria clean. and crap. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't kill you instantaneously, but over time you'll get You'll infections get and infected. die. <laughs> That's a fun fact. Yeah, there's some people that argue it's one of the, like, is the most deadliest bite in the world. Interesting. Because our mouths are so unhygienic. Great. Even though we brush teeth and all the animals do. All right. Fantastic. Uh, yes. Anyway, with these snakes, I have another source. Meg, Megan Matthias of Britannica says, it is estimated Australia has 66 venomous species. However, that's actually less than Brazil and Mexico have. Oh, well, Brazil's got the rainforest. So. Yes, they do. Mexico's kind of surprised me. Sorry, this was venomous species, not just snakes. So this mm, thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I, I bet Mexico's got a crap ton of spiders. Spiders, scorpions. Oh, yeah, scorpions, too. Probably. What else would they have? I don't know. There's probably like 70 different types of scorpions. Sea snails. Jellyfish. She shouts, she shouts by the seashore. Yeah, she does. She does shout them there. All right. So with all these venomous animals, I look through so many different sources. And besides the theory of the snakes, there's not a really a good answer why Australia actually has all these venomous creatures. Even though Brazil and Mexico actually have more. So maybe they don't actually have that many. It's just a rumor and, uh, you know, a, a meme. That Australia is that dangerous with all these venomous creatures. 
However, they are lucky enough to have most of the top ranking ones in their respective categories. Jellyfish, spider, snake. So that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yeah, I mean, there's not like a great answer for the Venom side, but then there's also just the overall weirdness or uniqueness of these Australian animals like the platypus. Why is that there? That I could find a little bit more information on. Timothy Meinch of Discover Magazine says, of the 300-some terrestrial mammal species in Australia, nearly 90% are found only in Australia. So basically only 10% of Australian animals you can find somewhere else in the world. Additionally, 70% of birds and 90% of reptiles in Australia are only found there. So this is similar to the idea or the evidence, I guess you want to call it, of the snakes from Gondwana being separated by Australia as it moved to an independent island. This had the same effect with mammals. So as the continents shifted, many of these mammals like in North America and South America could cross borders more easily because it was closer or they could go across Europe and China and travel. Australia is kind of just been by itself for millions of years so basically what was ever on that island of australia when it moved has been there without much other influence which will explain this other fun thing and and probably can't go anywhere else right yeah uh which explains the fun mammal types in australia the exclusivity yes it is believed the dominant mammal type during the time that australia was alone were marsupials which are mammals that have pouches AKA like kangaroos is koala. Koala. Yes. Many of the mammals there are like that. They have pouches. This was about 65 million years ago. But before that, there were monotremes, trems, monotremes, that's how to pronounce it, which are egg laying mammals like the platypus. There are believed to only be five egg laying mammals in the world, but two of them are in Australia. What's the other one? Uh, Oops, didn't know that. Sorry. My nope. bad. <laughs> I I saw a picture of it. Is it that poppy whatever thing called that like big <laughs> that big guinea pig looking thing? No, it's like a mole looking thing. The poppy bara or whatever they call it. A capybara. Whatever it's called. That's like a, a giant rodent. Yeah, it's uh, like a giant guinea pig. Uh no. It's like a hundred pounds. It's a long beak and chidna. Echidna. Echidna! Yeah, Chinda. That's that animal I told you about a couple weeks ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those legs. Or that one does in Australia. Really? I guess so. That's not the fun fact I had about them. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> so, the, so there's two main categories of mammals that I've said so far. The egg-laying ones, which are called... The manatrims, and then the uh, marsupials, which are pouch-bearing ones, and then the most common around the world are placental, which have live birth. These were not introduced to Australia until 23 million years ago when bats were able to fly across the sea when Australia became closer to Asia. Then rodents arrived about 5 to 10 million years ago, and dingoes were actually just brought over by humans 5,000 years ago. And dingoes now are basically the only mammal predator in Australia that's bigger even though it's smaller than a coyote so this will lead into a theory which 
it's kind of been indirectly stated by a variety of these sources I read, message boards like Reddit and Wikipedia. So since Australia never really had a predatory mammal, all these other animals were able to survive, like all these venomous ones, all these weird mammals that lay eggs or have a pouch. Didn't really have to worry about much besides each other. So with no large predator and this unique supply of plants that are only in Australia, the animals in Australia are equally as unique because they've had such this strange environment over millions of years to develop. To, to those animals, I mean, <laughs> it's just life. It's not like introducing a wild animal into an unknown environment and watching it change over millions of years. This is just how Australia's been forever. So that's kind of how the mammals work. And as for marine life, like, why do they have all these, like the stonefish and the lionfish, all these sharks? The main reason is, well, for one, the Pacific Ocean is the warmest ocean as a whole in the world. And tropical fish usually like warmer waters. Then also, the Great Barrier Reef just also happens to be in Australia. Yep. I was prob- that. Yeah, probably Isn't there could- some sort of like, like uh, current that goes to Australia too, that like sucks a lot of animals down there? The, uh, the one for Finding Nemo? Yeah. Yeah. The Pacific, what do they call it? I don't know. The turtle. What do they call Squirt. It? Squirt and crush. What do they call it though? Righteous. Whatever. I'm not going to look that up. <laughs> you know it if you have seen Finding Nemo. So yes, the, the Great Barrier Reef, the biggest reef system in the world is over 1,400 miles. That will just draw in a variety of these unique creatures to begin with as well. It just happens to be in Australia. There's probably a good why of why it formed by Australia, but I didn't go into that. So, in conclusion, Australia definitely has the most individual venomous creatures in the world and some of the creepiest ones. But it's not necessarily any worse than some other countries like Brazil and Mexico. It's more of a uh, rumor and a meme, as I've said, that Australia is just as deadly as people think it is. Also, Australia is huge. It's bigger than most of Eastern Europe or Western Europe, excuse me. And it's near the same size as the U.S. So it's not like if you go there, all these animals are going to be one spot. You'd have to like go across the whole continent to find each one of these. Except and for then, that one spider that lives in Sydney. Yeah, except for that one. That one's just... <laughs> 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 and then as far as like all the, the other uniqueness of these animals, it's just, again, how the continent moved millions of years ago and was left alone. And then people didn't show up for a long time. They didn't bring any predatory mammals like the dingo until just 5,000 years ago. So it's kind of it's kind of like how Charles Darwin studied the Galapagos and how that was so unique. Australia is just kind of unique in itself because it's been so independent for millions isolated. Of years. Yeah. Isolated. So my last statement I want to make is don't be afraid to travel there. Even though it might seem scary with all these pictures of spiders and snakes, you're probably just as likely to run into a dangerous animal in Mexico or Brazil. Nope. Never going there. You turned me off. All right. And India Colombia, Indonesia, and Vietnam all also have 50 or more venomous creatures as well. Australia had, what, 66, I said? Not going there either. Yep, so there's a whole list of things. If you don't want to see any venomous creatures, I believe Canada had the lowest rate with less than 10. (laughs) Everything's frozen there. Yep. 
Right, exactly. The farther north you go, the less you have to worry about. Or the farther south. Or the farther south. However, yeah, I suppose South America. Because Australia's looks south, but it's still... Well, yeah, the north side of Australia is worse than the south side. I was talking Antarctica, but whatever. Oh, yeah, Antarctica doesn't have anything. <laughs> I wouldn't think they would have any. <laughs> it's the only continent that does not have snakes or spiders. I'm going to live there. It's probably the perfect place. Yeah. So it, this wasn't as great of an answer as some other ones. It's kind of more of an internet meme I had to look into, but... I liked it, though. Nevertheless, it was, it was fun. It was very educational. Thank you. But I'm not done. I always have to throw in these fun facts. Oh, gosh. Got four of them. You scare me when you do this. <laughs> so Luis Gentle, one of the sources. So remember how I said it depends how you look at the venomous snakes. Like one list might have the first five be all Australian. One might be kind of spread out based off the bites. Anyway, Luis says Australia is home to 20 of the 25 most venomous snakes in the world, <laughs> including all the top 11. I, assume, I guess it really doesn't matter the number of venomous snakes you have. It's about the population of each said venomous yes, snake. That's true. <laughs> there could be just one of the most venomous one in the world and you never run into it. Or there could be a trillion of them. If there's a million of just one, what's worse? Going to a country that has a million snakes, but they're all the same kind and they're all venomous. Or going to a country that has 20 different kinds and they only have like a thousand of each. That's true. I'm going to that country with a thousand. Yep. <laughs> so... She says the top 11 are all in Australia. I saw a variety of sources that listed them all over the world, including like the Black Mamba Sake in Africa, various vipers in India, and so on. Since we talk about all these venomous creatures in Australia, more Australians actually die each year from bee stings than any other venomous animal. So that's the same as most places of the world. Bee stings kill people, and it's no different in Australia. Is a bee sting technically venom, though? Yes. Anything that's injected oh. is venom. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. That's why some people have allergic reactions and some don't because some can tolerate venom better. And then from 2000 to 2013, there were 41,000 people in Australia hospitalized due to venomous bites or stings. And only 64 of them sadly died. Well, that's, a, that's a pretty good percentage. 64 to 41,000. For how, how deadly Australia seems, it's actually not that bad. It's a good percentage for living, is what you're saying. Yeah, you, you still might get hospitalized. Well, you will be hospitalized if you ever get bit by one of these. For things. a second, I thought you meant like that's a really good percentage for people that died. What? What? No, for no, survival. People that live. Yes, I get you now. Yep. Yes. Then lastly, Australia has one of the highest skin cancer rates in the world because, luckily enough, Australia, along with all these creatures, has a hole in the ozone layer right above Australia. So the radiation from the sun is more direct on these people. So you're more likely to die of skin cancer in Australia than probably any of these creatures. They well, just got nothing going on for no, nothing they going for no. them. <laughs> New Zealand was a close second though, because they're I mean fairly close. Yeah, I believe, not that far. I believe that whole affects them as well. And the last one fact, I'm gonna throw it in there. Mosquitoes are actually the most deadly animal in the world. Really? Because they can transmit so many diseases. Yeah. They won't directly kill you because of their bite, but they will indirectly kill you because they transmit diseases. It's like sharing dirty needles, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> and mosquitoes are everywhere. So, yeah, that's not just an Australian thing. Very nice, Chip. Well done. Thank you. I stumbled across some things and rambled on other parts, but I hope it made sense. 
No, it was educational. I appreciated it. And we'll be back segment two with Dan's uh, interesting topic of the day. Uh, why are we even talking about this? I don't know. I'll tell you next. <laughs> bye. Kind of nervous about this one, bro. Why are you nervous? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I feel like the first part of this is going to just give you as an audience a portal into my mind, my messed up, messed up mind. And just maybe the five listeners that we have will be like, what the heck's wrong with this guy? What is wrong with Dan? All right. Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with me. Uh, the question that I am going to title this as, because it probably holds the biggest umbrella over the topics that I'm going to cover is, why are humans the only intelligent species on Earth as far as like we're head and shoulders above any other like species, you know what I'm saying? Squids, octopus. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they went to space. Maybe deny that. All right. So just spitballing here. This is like what, what I'm thinking. Why are humans like, you know, really the only people, the only things that are really, you know, intelligent, like have civilization and stuff. Yeah. Short answer. And you kind of hit this nail on the head. When I told you my topic, we killed every, everything. <laughs> Murders. <laughs> so basically, we killed everything that competed with us. Uh, if something tried to take our food, eat or eat our food, take our shelter, hurt our families, or use any of our things, really, we eliminated them so that we didn't have the uh, the threat that they posed to our species. However, Dan Fish is never content with the first answer that he's given. <laughs> I have more questions that I want to know, and I want them answered. Sure. We have the intelligence and have advanced as the number one species on land. But why isn't there a number one species of the ocean that's just as smart as us? You know, that can breathe underwater since we can't. Or like, why isn't there something in the sky that is just as smart as us or something that lives underground where people don't, you know, inhabit? Um, For instance, why? Why isn't there? Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, why isn't there like an aquatic species that has technology and can use weapons and can build shelters and dominate over all the other animals and species of the ocean like we do to animals on Earth? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, there are actually many species that are also intelligent. For Crows. Instance, on, on land, primates and elephants or in the water, not squids, dolphins <laughs> and whales, Darn it. All, these, all these animals... Uh, they seem to be social, self-aware, intelligent, and have ways to communicate or actually languages that they use. Maybe these species are just thousands of years behind in evolution that humans, than the humans in terms of progress and advancement, and they could actually control the oceans and lands in the future as humans do. Or maybe humans are just going to be forced to kill them off too. Probably the latter. <laughs> Great. This makes me wonder... Has there ever been another species that has been advanced like humans? And what species have we killed off to prevail as the number one species on Earth? The Hint, pyramid creators. There's been a lot. <laughs> well, a lot in my opinion. From an article titled, Nine Species of Human Once Walked Earth, Now There's Just One. Did We Kill the Rest? By Nick Longrich, The, conserva- the Conversation from sciencealert.com in November of 2019. He said, 
nine human species walked the earth 300,000 years ago. So not quite as far back as the Pangea thing that you're talking about. I don't believe. No. Now there's just one. The Neanderthals were stocky hunters adapted to Europe's cold environments. The related Denosovans inhabited Asia, where while the more primitive Homo erectus lived in Indonesia and Homo rhodesiensis was in Central Africa. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. Several short, se- several short, small brain species survived alongside them. Homo naledi in South Africa, Homo azuzoniasis in the Philippines, <laughs> Homo floresiensis, the hobbits in Indonesia, and it's- the mysterious red deer cave people in China. You say hobbits? Yeah, hobbits. <laughs> Frodo was real. He was real, but he lived in Indonesia, not in Mordor in New Zealand. Interesting. Uh, Given how quickly we discovered we're discovering new species, there's actually more likely to be more that are just waiting to be found. So by 10,000 years ago, all these species that I just talked about were gone by the species that eventually became us. The disappearance of these other species resembles a mass extinction. But there's no obvious environmental catastrophe like volcanic eruptions, climate change, an asteroid impacting the Earth. Um, Instead, these extinctions, timing suggests they were caused by the spread of new species evolving 260 to 350,000 years ago in southern Africa, Homo sapiens. (laughs) That's where we come in, right? Because we're all sapiens. Chip Daly came in. The spread of the modern humus, humans, humus, hummus, humans <laughs> <laughs> out of Africa was caused by caused a six mass mass extinction, a greater than forty thousand year event extending from the disappearance of ice age animals to the destruction of rainforests by civilization today. But were humans the first casualties? We are uniquely dangerous species, as I mentioned last segment. We hunted woolly mammoths, grounded ground sloths and moes to extinction moes i don't know we destroyed plains and forests for farming modifying over half of the planet's earth land area we altered planet's climate this is why i'm asking why wasn't there something that's doing this to the seas other than us or something that's in the air other than us underground i don't know but ultimately we are the virus we are the virus uh, ultimately, it turns out we're more dangerous to the human populations than the Earth because we compete for resources and land. History is full of examples of people wearing, displacing, and wiping out other groups over territory, from Rome's destruction to the American conquest of the West and the British and uh, colonization of Australia. Bing, bing, bing. There have also been recent genocides and ethnic ethnic cleansing in Bosnia, Rwanda, Iraq, Darfur, Myanmar. Old bones and artifacts show this violence is ancient. The 9,000-year-old Kennewick man from North America has a spear point embedded in his pelvis. A 10,000-year-old 
Nataruk site in Kenya documents a brutal massacre of at least 27 men, women, and children. So we've always been killing people going back tens of thousands of years ago. And maybe this is why ultimately Homo sapiens evolved and everything else was killed off. It's unlikely that other human species were much more peaceful. The existence of cooperative violence in male chimps suggests that war predates the evolution of humans. Ultimately, what our biggest weapon might not have been is, you know, tools that we use. Here's what what this means is uh, cave paintings, carvings, and musical instruments hint at something far more dangerous than these other weapons. Uh, A sophisticated capacity for abstract thought and communication, the ability to cooperate, plan, strategize, manipulate, and deceive may have been the biggest weapon that uh, humans ultimately had. Isn't that crazy? And our brains. Yes, our brains are bad, bad. Brain power! Why would our ancestors wipe out their relatives, causing a mass extinction, or perhaps more accurately, a mass genocide? The answer lies in population growth. Human, humans reproduce exponentially, like all species. Uh, historically, we about double every 25 years. And once humans become cooperative hunters and had no pred- predators, further growth or food shortages caused by drought, harsh winters, or over-harvesting resources would inevitably lead tribes to conflict over food or territory. So maybe this is why, you know, one species of human-type people were going after each other because they're fighting over land or food or shelter, like I was describing early on. Our elimination of the other species probably wasn't a planned or coordinated event or effort of the sort practiced by civilizations, but a war of attrition. The end result, however, is was just as final. Raid by raid, ambush by ambush, valley by valley, modern humans would have worn down their enemies and taken land. Yet the extinction of Neanderthals, at least, took a long time, thousands of years. This was partly because early Homo sapiens lacked the advantages of later conquering civilizations. Large numbers, for instance, supported by farming, Epidemic diseases like smallpox, flu, measles, that devastated their opponents. So ultimately, there is like at least like 10 different types of human type beings on Earth with our same level of intelligence and ability and creativity, whatever you want to call it. But it sounds like Homo sapiens, whether we wanted to or not, were meant to survive whether we killed off people or like had to fight for our own survival causing other people to die or maybe like in the cases of small smallpox flus measles other diseases like that maybe our bodies were able to survive more consistently than the other types of humans out there um that's basically the answer why there's only one species it might not be because we killed each other but there is evidence of that happening as well, as I mentioned, you know, yes. some certain events that happened. So basically, we didn't allow other ones to keep advancing either by. Well, we didn't allow them to take what we already had. Yeah, I guess you could say either by like and purposely like killing them or like I said, from diseases and viruses. Or they could have just died off in the mountains by themselves, you yeah. know, a, a certain type of species that no nobody ever knew about you know 
yeah. just died off because they couldn't survive on their own in the mountains or something. I don't know. That's just an example. Like I said, we could find out a whole lot more out of this from like a lot of different other species that could be unearthed potentially deep in the oceans. Um, yeah, maybe. But so basically like the answer that I was trying to get was like, why isn't there like, you know, aquatic creatures that yeah. are just as smart as us. Well, it sounds like out of all the creatures that were in the earth way back when, whether it was mammoths, you know, yetis, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately they all died. Everything died off except for today's humans that ultimately ended up you know, surviving. I guess like, could there potentially be another species that becomes just as smart as us? You could believe that, but from the research that I was doing, uh, the only way that anything would ever be able to catch up to us is if they had brains that were as big as ours, which in, in, uh, in the wild, having a brain that is as big as ours isn't good because it weighs us down so much that like, mm-hmm. we're actually not as fast as a lot of other animals on the earth, yeah. which is why maybe a lot of these other species might've died off because animals were killed. Who knows? Um, but also, not only do they have to have the brain size and ability that ours do, they have to have like appendages like us where they can control things with their hands very easily. <laughs> you know, like, for instance, I mentioned, you know, an elephant could be just as smart as us. But what is an elephant going to do when it comes to like trying to create an iPhone? <laughs> it can paint. Yeah, so it can represent it can it can show you its creativity and its brain, you know, ability, but its body is not going to allow it to ever, you know, probably be as advanced as the human species. Mm. So you're saying elephants cannot make iPhones? I'm saying it, they would they would have a harder time. <laughs> All right, Ben. I don't know about that one. Just kidding. So in my conclusion here, Chippy. Basically, our species has always been bad, and we sucked ever since the beginning. <laughs> we just kill each other and everything else in our path every chance we get. Sounds pretty. Accurate. And if we ever, and if we ever have that chance again, whether it's primates, whales, dolphins, or elephants, we'll probably do it again too. Yep. That that's accurate. I was thinking that when you're saying that, if like chimps or something in the far future actually start getting smart, I'm sure we'd study. Rise for- of the Planet of the Apes. We'll yes. just kill them off. Humans would start studying them for a long time until they got to a certain level of smartness. Then be like as soon as they start posing a threat, we're just whipping out the machine guns. Uh-huh. Dropping nukes on everybody. <laughs> and that was the end of Earth. So that wasn't exactly the answer that I was trying to get because I'm like, I was more interested in like, why isn't there like mole people or like <laughs> no. Aquaman yeah. or like bird or like a bird man? Bird person. <laughs> but I found an answer that was even more like, you know, intriguing to me, I guess. And that is there were a crap ton of different types of humans, yeah, human species back in the day. And uh, it turns out that we just must have been the best ones. So we're still here. You know, Slash, we might have killed everybody <laughs> else off. Yes. Shh. I'm thinking for the, uh, the aquatic smartness creatures. It's probably because the water is so limiting. Like if you live inside of it. Yeah. It's hard to be fast, for instance. Yeah. You can't it's, walk on the bottom. Yeah. 
you know, it's hard to keep something that you built underground or underwater yeah. together the oceans you know, are and strong. in one spot. Yeah. Maybe yeah, there's just like the times of the year. a blob down at the bottom of the ocean where the pressure's strong. It's just a super smart brain, but it can't do anything. <laughs> just sits there under pressure. You know? You ever think there's like an Atlantis somewhere and there's people living underground that we don't know about? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like they can just live off the ocean water that's like flowing in, but not like containing or contaminating their air. Yes. And like, sure. They just like harvest their own foods down there or something. I don't know. Uh, yes, it's possible. I feel like it's more likely that there's alien life than that, but yes. I found a lot of articles about that, but I didn't want to go into that when I was just trying to talk about like, why isn't there another smart species on earth? Yeah. You know, but I found a lot of articles about like, there's a million different planets that could be inhabited by living creatures like us. (laughs) You know, Well, maybe that's next week. Who knows? All right. That's why nine. Why nine? And we will be back one week with the finale of season one. I hope it's a good one. Better than this oh. one. <laughs> hey, I thought I did a good job. Hey, we did. You did. Yes. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. But you always Remember? need to be the best at the finale. You're the best around. Bring it down. All right. Make sure you're checking out our football podcast. Week but one now. of the NFL. Week two of the NFL. We're going to have week three on Thursday. Oh, it's going to be fun. We're going to take a little hiatus after season one of why just a little break, refresh our minds, think of some new topics, maybe get some feedback from you guys out there that we need. Remember you can do that on, on Twitter at fish pod, Spotify, Anchor, Apple podcast, Google machine, Amazon, most places to get podcasts and make sure you keep paying attention. Cause you never know when episodes will come out. Maybe we just come out randomly. <laughs> we so. never know. We don't even know. Uh, I guess I got nothing else. If you don't chip. Nope. All right. Thanks for listening guys. Bye chip. I didn't.